Bear Down Bears fans, another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast coming your way. The offseason officially here. We're past Black Monday and nothing has changed. It's very interesting. We got to get the inside scoop on it. That's why we got Courtney Cronin on the episode to break down what's going on up at Hallis or lack thereof. Uh, I mean, we got to look at everything, every scenario we can, right? Jim Harbaugh wins the national championship. We waiting on that. Is Flus coming back? Is Getzy not coming back? All that and more on today's episode of the Chicago Bears podcast. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the page. Leave that five-star review. Y'all know what to do. Courtney, it is uh, it is very quiet around a team that it felt like was going to have a very loud offseason. It is, and I I can see it two ways. Either you think that the silence is indicative of something, which it very well could be, that you know Matt Eberflus is what we believe to know. Coaches' contracts are not like players' contracts that are available through the NFLPA database. Um, there, you know, we don't know the exact terms of this. What I remember when he was hired, the idea was that he got a four-year contract. So if you're thinking, okay, well, he's still under contract, there was no, you know, nobody come, came out and said, hey, we're going to be evaluating whether we keep him or not. They could look at us and be like, well, of course we don't have to say anything. He's under contract. Like he finished the season seven and 10 after two and seven. Like, of course he's coming back. And if that's the case, then that would be wild because you don't let all of this, you know, the swirling rumors about his job security. He's not fielding questions about his job security. If the team had like, it was a slam dunk for them to bring him back. So I don't know how much you can read into that as far as like when they're going to say something, when something's going to come down the pipe, but We're nearing Wednesday, Pat. Like the time you and I are doing this podcast is in the afternoon on Tuesday. If if we don't hear anything by Wednesday, you've got to assume that means that they're trying to run it back with the group that they have currently. And that might start to answer some of our questions about other things that they're going to do in the offseason. If they end up retaining Luke Getze as the offensive coordinator. Is that a likely sign that Justin Fields is coming back? Or is that a sign that they want to go get a quarterback that they get to draft themselves and bring into the fold? Like those questions will then start to at least have a little bit clearer of a path, but we won't know on the quarterback for a while. What we do need to know though is are they waiting because they're still sorting this thing out? Are they waiting because they're maybe Matt Eberflus and it wants to get rid of Luke Getze. Maybe yeah. that's a scenario and it has to be, okay, well, we'll let you do that if you can go out and go get an, a replacement in OC and you've got to work quickly if you're the head coach under that scenario. Yeah. Or is it, we're waiting to see what Jim Harbaugh says. We're waiting to see if Bill Belichick's going to become available. We're waiting to see about Mike Vrabel, who in a bit of a surprise today was was fired by the Tennessee Titans. Um, I mean, there's... I was stunned. If we're talking about like free agent sort of coaches, like the market that's of coaches that are available, this is a pretty darn good one. Maybe like the most loaded we've seen in a while other than like hot coordinator candidates and all those things. So um, I'll be curious to see kind of where it goes from, from here the next 24 hours. But as of right now, they've gone dark at Hallis Hall. Like that's, there's a reason no information's leaking out right now. It's because they are going through their process and saying, we're going to do this on our timeline. And when we're ready to talk about it, we will say something. 
Yeah, it, it, I, I was stunned by the Vrabel uh, firing. He's gone 54 and 45 and had three playoff trips with Marcus Mariota, who played 21 games, Ryan Tannehill, who played 67, Blaine Gabbard, who played eight, Malik Willis played 11, Josh Dobbs and Will Levis. Like, yeah. I, I was very shocked that they ended up moving on from Vrabel. But listen, sometimes that happens in the NFL. Uh, sometimes bad organizations stay bad for a reason. Uh, and, and hopefully this is the turn of the Chicago Bears getting out of that. And you said something in there that to me is the most interesting and why I believe that maybe the Bears have waited a little bit longer on this process is because of the coaching candidacies that are out there. Mm -hmm. There's some names that could be available and that have become available that, I mean, listen, I, we can like Flus. We can feel like Flus did a better job. There's better coaches out there. There are better sure. coaches than where Matt Eberflus is at right now. And it's very tough for you, especially if you're Ryan Poles, in my opinion, to sell to a team, listen, we want to move on from Justin Fields because we want better at the quarterback position. But you don't want better at the head coaching position. You don't want better at the OC position. Like those, to me, are very tough scenarios to sell to your football team when you're saying the reason that we're moving on from this guy that everyone in the locker room loves mm -hmm. is because he wasn't good enough. Well, I hate to break it to everybody, but like Matt Eberflus was okay, but is okay good enough? Mm -hmm. Are the Bears in a situation now where they're saying, we want to win? And to me, if you're saying that, you can't be the guys that are trying to do just enough to have, don't White Sox this. Like, no disrespect to the White Sox, but we know how deals get put out there, right? Like, we were in on uh, Manny Machado. No, you weren't. You threw numbers at him that you knew he was going to say no to the second he saw him, right? Like, that's the kind of situation that the Bears, to me, can't put themselves in with the coaching candidates out here right now. And that's where it all boils down to, like, just how aggressive, if they are, like, Again, nothing's leaked out of Hallis Hall. They've At done all. a really good job keeping the, this a pretty tight ship. But if they are looking at other candidates, how how in are they? Like, are they willing to go to the financial limits to go get these people? Have they been given clearance to, quote unquote, write a blank check to go get somebody that they might be out of their price range? Yeah. Like the one thing I thought was, and I, I brought this up this morning on Cap and J-Hood, the one thing I thought was really interesting yesterday when I was watching the pregame stuff on the national championship, Pete Thamel was talking about Jim Harbaugh. And how the going rate for NFL coaches is roughly $17 million yep, a year. I saw that. Matt Eberflus is not getting paid $17 million a year. <laughs> I don't know the exact figure, but like because he's a first time head coach and there will be others who face this. Probably too, less than 10. It's less, it's less than 17 million. I can guarantee you that. And I I wonder about that too, because I know everybody's like, oh, Ryan Poles, Kevin Warren, like they're guiding the ship now. It's going to be different here. You still have the same ownership. Is yep. that ownership going to want to, if you go that path with a, a, a veteran coach, Jim Harbaugh has been to a Super Bowl before. He won a lot when he was with the San Francisco 49ers. He won a lot at Michigan. Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, all of these names. Are you willing to get to the point of what it costs to get them. That is also being sorted out. And that's not a five minute conversation that happens. And I know people, friends are frustrated right now. They're seeing all this movement elsewhere. And of course, you know, the second somebody, like 
I think the one thing that like people can chill out on about is that this is the first week of the postseason. These interviews for NFL head coaches, those who have been fired, those who um, you know re- remain under contract, like Bill Belichick, there still has to be a decision on his future. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh, because he's not coming from the NFL, does not need to follow the same timeline on like the hiring process and and going through all of the requirements that like you know are required by other teams when you are interviewing an NFL staff. You can hire him today. They could if they wanted to. Um, I, I think there might be some sort of. I mean, obviously, you have to fulfill the Rooney Rule and all of those right, yes. things that are required of you. But it's it's just something that's that follows a different set of guidelines. Like, but I, I you are even though I say all this to say, even though you have two people who are leading a search this time who are different than the last people who were leading the search before that doesn't mean that ownership is not involved in these conversations and i say search because we still like loosely we don't know if it's a real search yet they're still trying to figure out is matt eberflus in the mix here bottom line for those who are upset about it for those who don't want to hear it george mccaskey is still involved in these decisions like ryan poles and kevin warren may be guiding this thing in one direction but that doesn't mean that the same person who has been with this organization whose family owns this team isn't going to have a pretty considerable say in all of this he's the one funding this and yeah i don't buy some of the things that are being said oh well you know george said that you know kevin can go have a blank check and go get whoever he wants i'll believe that when i see it but right now to the thought of that is the audacity of that is kind of absurd yeah. considering the history behind what this team has done previously in their coaching decisions but it's the, you know, I tweeted this the other day. I did not think that this was going to be a quick process that this might drag out to midweek. Matt Eberflus gave us a hint of that when he said he thought he'd meet with ownership by midweek. Today's Tuesday. Yeah. Like Wednesday's midweek. So could this go on even longer? It could, but the longer it goes on, the more likely it is that the current staff in place is coming back. Yeah, it, it's going to be very interesting. The only difference that I see now from the previous situation and maybe what what may change things is, right, George has always been very reliant on the people around him. Of course, he's the money at the end of the day, right? The, the name on the check says McCaskey. So if he says no, it's going to be a no, but he's been very reliant on the people around him. And I'm always reminded of Ted Phillips and how he would veto certain things because of the finances of it right now. I guess in the long run, it ended up working out that we didn't get Nick Saban maybe, but when the Bears were going to pay the highest price for the head coach in the NFL, mm-hmm. Ted Phillips was like, are you kidding me? There's no way that that's going to happen, right? When draft situations were going to come up that the Bears could have made certain picks, Ted Phillips, now nah, I'm the president of the team. I'm not allowing th- those type of things to happen here, right? Like there were very random moments where he would flex that president title. And I think now you have somebody in place that you feel confident in and in Kevin Warren who has made those big decisions, has been in those big moments, and is willing, and, and to me is is probably, I think that the issue for us isn't that Warren and Poles are willing to spend the money. It's that are the McCaskies going to be able to do it? I wonder now if because of the voices that are in George's ear have changed so drastically over this last couple of years that he's going to be more willing to say, okay, so what do we need to do? We need to pay money to go get guys? All right, let's pay money to go get guys. And that's like... It's not, it's not to business has been done here for a a long time in one very specific manner. And I, 
I think that it's time to, for change. Obviously, they wouldn't have brought in both of these individuals if they didn't feel like they needed some sort of shakeup. They would have continued going on business as usual following 2020, the 2021 season. So if you do that, then you need to let your people do what they want to do as far as what they believe is the right direction of the team. So ultimately, ultimately, all you can hope for is that George McCaskey knows when to step out of the way to let the football people make football decisions. Yeah, I'll go back to everything he said. I'm just a fan. I'm not here to do that. Well, you have real football people now. You have, you know, and it's, again, no disrespect to Ted. I didn't work. I was not covering this team during the majority of his 40-year tenure, but it's <laughs> – it's time to do it differently if you are going to if, if you're going to move on from this coaching staff let your football people lead the search you're going to yeah. have obviously a committee there'll be DE&I there will be all these other requirements that you have to check and making sure that you have a wealth of you know voices in the room if you're going to move on from the coaching staff that's also something that if they are going that direction they have to start compiling all of this this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum and you know what else doesn't happen in a vacuum or in like a matter of a day? Football's a week-to-week league. In season, they're in the middle of processing everything, transactions, the roster on a day-to-day basis, all of the things that happened this season, the three fourth-quarter leads that they blew by double digits. That stuff starts to come under the mag the the magnifying glass. Yeah. A lot more these last two days as they you know move on from player exit interviews into the coaching staff to evaluate Matt Eberflus and his group than it does during the rest of the year. You got to act a little quickly on that if you are planning, if you're leaning one way or the other, but that also could be part of the holdup. They're going over all of those scenarios right now and you know they're doing it you know Ian Cunningham's off to interview tomorrow with the Washington Commanders like yeah. You know, one of Ryan Poles' biggest sounding boards is not going to be part of these interviews, or, le- or excuse me, not interviews. One of his biggest sounding boards is not going to be, you know, it's not there right now because he's worried about his own future and potentially right. going to be a GM of another franchise. So that's another element here. It's not being talked about nearly enough. Um, but like, you know, Kevin Moore and Ryan Poles, they, they have a good structure between them too, the working relationship, all of the things that I've reported about that. But Let's not forget there's other change going on in Hallis Hall right now that Poles is also having to monitor and manage. So there's a lot of moving parts. I know it's frustrating that there's not an answer right now. I would say if the if the silence continues, though, that's probably indicative of your answer if we, yeah. if we get to Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, listen, these are usually even I, it feels like we, me and EO were talking about this before the pod started. I was like, it feels like it's Thursday. And and Brendan jumped in. He's like, it's because it feels like we've been waiting four days for mm-hmm. this decision from Flutes when really it's been two days, right? It hasn't been that long, but it just it feels like this is dragging on. And and the thing about it dragging on is you start to convince yourself when you don't mm-hmm. go off of your initial emotion. You start to say, okay, I can see this one way, or I can see this another. If you go off the initial emotion, which is why we've seen these guys take their time with so many different decisions, and I think it's why we're seeing the Bears start to go in a different direction. I, I I think that to me, this team now, as it's heading into the off season, it sees that this off season is the turning point. And literally, if you're a bears fan, everything is available to you based on what our franchise does. Legitimately, 
if if you want to, right, for me, the thing that I have to do, if you want to talk about being a winner, you need to give Jim Harbaugh the type of contract where he looks at you and he mm-hmm. goes, are you serious? Like, you want me to come here for that? Okay. Like, I, I was going to go to L.A. I was going to stay at Michigan. But you know what? You guys want me to be there this much plus money. I will come and coach your football team. Let's not act like there's not a dollar amount you can't put on that. Even so, whatever the coach is, whatever the, the 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 player staff is, whatever you build out, you have to operate as if you actually want to win and not like you don't want to lose. And to mm-hmm. me, that's the biggest difference in where we're at right now and where we could be this offseason. And player-wise, you want three techniques? They're in the draft. You want wide receivers? They're in the draft. You want quarterbacks? They're in the draft. You want running backs? They're in the draft. You want defensive ends? They're in the draft. They're in free agency. This is the prime offseason to me that is either going to define us for the next 10 mm-hmm. years as winners or as losers. Yeah, it's... I... I don't know how much will change. I mean, like you, yeah. you would like to believe, and that's the thing. We just we can't make these snap judgments right now. To, no. Like, of course, like we know this is a monumental, the monumental off season for them. If they, they have a decision to make on the coaching staff, and then they have a decision to make on the quarterback, and how they make the decision on the coaching staff will probably foreshadow how they feel about the co- about the quarterback. Uh, how they make a decision on the coaching staff will foreshadow how they feel about the quarterback. The snow's and getting Courtney, y'all. Y'all be, y'all be pray for out here. It's just, it's just like such a, yeah. There's a lot at stake here, and you can't yeah. expect all of these things to come out at once. But if they, if they want to get the plan right, they're going to make sure that the right people have autonomy to make the decisions that they want to. And let's talk about Jim Harbaugh on that for yeah. a minute, because I know that it's, you know, I've said I would find it. This is weeks ago I said this on this podcast. I would find it surprising if Jim Harbaugh was here in 2024. Um, You know, he and Kevin Warren have a relationship. I'm not going to say that they're, you know, enemies, but I'm not going to say that they're the best of friends. And I would just be surprised, given the things that I've been hearing on on that, if, if if Jim Harbaugh made his way to Chicago. Now, if he does, to me, in my opinion, that signifies that Kevin Warren who is over football operations, has given Ryan Poles the autonomy to make a decision. If Jim Harbaugh is hired by the Chicago Bears, that would signal, and it's not to say that Kevin Warren would sidestep it completely, but that to me would signal that it's not, like that. that's Ryan Poles getting to put his stamp on a hire to get to say have the ultimate last say on something if that does happen. And that's what you want out of your general manager. I mean, take a look at the... Take a look at the situation in Atlanta right now where Terry Fontenot is not going to be, I mean, he's out in my opinion. Like there's yeah. that, that's a sign that they're going to about to clean house when you have the owner and the team CEO, Rich McKay, who basically like acts like the de facto owner down there anyways. Yeah. When you don't have the general manager leading the coaching search, that's a bad sign. So if the bears are truly entering or are in a coaching search, then you want to know by the end of this because you want to have trust that Ryan Poles is being given the autonomy to make these decisions that, you know, don't come in a vacuum. He might, he's going to certainly be bouncing these ideas off of his sounding board, who is Kevin Warren, but also that 
he can make big sorts of splashes because that shows you the organizations heading in a different direction than in which they've been in the last couple of of decades, to be honest, to be able to have somebody who's not afraid to make the non-safe move, to not run it back with a seven and 10 staff, hoping that next year will be better, to not look at a quarterback who's had 38 career starts and there's more questions than answers about him at this point point. say, okay, well, that was good enough. Let's stay here and hope that good yeah. enough gets it, gets us to great. You want somebody who says, okay, I've seen enough. I know this is a tough decision. I've made a lot of tough decisions in 700 days of being the bears general manager. I'm going to make another one. And if that's how a new coach comes in here to me, especially when it comes to the Jim Harbaugh conversation, if, if he's here, that will signal to me the autonomy that Ryan Poles has in making that decision. So we'll see. And, you know, let's also have the human element here. Yeah. Ryan Poles and, and uh, Matt Eberflus came in here together 700-ish days ago. They were the first boots on the ground to this massive rebuilding project. This isn't as simple as like, oh, we'll make a hard decision, take the emotion out of it, you know, fire the guy and move on. It's very very difficult to come to these, you know, to come to a consensus when you have the public outside noise, which is probably the reason he said he deleted Twitter and all of those things. But it's, it's, he, you know, these are hard decisions. I wish people would stop playing armchair yeah. general manager and armchair Kevin Warren and acting like, oh, like no brainer, roll on, like, you know, go and figure it out and make the hard call and move on. Like that stuff takes time and you have to weigh everything. And also Jim Harbaugh just got done winning a national championship less than 24 hours ago at the time that we're recording this. Like, And has $125 million on the table he's got for a lot of sure. And in, in, in other NFL teams that are going to be interested in him, you can't expect somebody like that to make a snap judgment. Yeah. Um, and those teams that are interested in him, Washington, the Chargers, they don't have head coaches right now. So they've got time to go through the process. The Bears currently have a head coach who's under contract. Like that's it's a completely different situation here, which they have to be careful about because what if scenario again, I'm gonna keep putting these out there because I don't want to get clipped out of context. But let's yeah. say scenario right here. Jim, uh, they decide they want to go after Jim Harbaugh. And they fire Matt Eberflus. So what if Jim Harbaugh doesn't want to come here and you strike out on the other people you want and you had somebody waiting like that you could have kept going forward that would have been better potentially than the alternative? Yeah. Not saying that this job would not attract big-name candidates. I, I certainly think it would, especially if those people have autonomy over the quarterback situation too um, and can be in agreement about which direction they're going to go. You can't put cart before the horse here, which is why this makes this a unique situation and a tricky one all at the same time. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a process. It's like you said, and listen, I, I, I'm taking a personal uh, umbrage on the uh, armchair GM because uh, I literally said Ryan Poles should trade for Chase Claypool and he did it two days later. So mm-hmm. uh, listen, it's hard guys. It's, it's tough. Those videos live forever on YouTube mm-hmm. and uh, people bring them back up a lot. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's one of those situations. I, I think the Bears are in a situation now where there's so many unknowns. Let me ask you about something that maybe is the known right now. No matter how we feel about Flus, up or down, it's reported that he could be back. It feels like he's going to be back, but maybe not. Maybe they maybe they move on. Maybe they don't. Luke Getzey feels a little bit more solid. Feels like there's a lot more solid footing on Luke Getzey possibly not returning with this franchise because of the offensive inabilities, the lack mm-hmm. of quarterback development, the, the, the <laughs> to me, just the, the, the offensive people who 
around the the NFL world look at his system and go, what are you doing? What yeah. what's the point of this? What's the why aren't you rolling him out? Why aren't you trying to take advantage of the things he does well? And faults on Justin, faults on Getsy. At the end of the day, do you feel like are you hearing maybe anything on Luke Getsy returning to the Chicago Bears? Because it feels more like he's possibly packing things up. For weeks, we had heard that it was trending towards Matt Eberflus being safe. You weren't hearing necessarily the same things about Luke Getze. But again, I'll defer to the longer this goes on, the more likely the staff with, yeah. you know, with, with Eberflus gets ends, ends up coming back too. I would not be shocked in the slightest if Luke Getze finds his way out of Chicago. I do think that that probably points to them also what they're going to do with the quarterback because bottom line, you're having a quarterback learn a third offense in yeah. four years, unless you were to promote, let's say Andrew Janoco from within. And you know, that's his quarterback's coach. If you were to elevate him to the OC role, if they believe that that's the right call, yeah. I think you could probably keep things pretty status quo, but that's the only way you could do it. Um, with Getze, like it's it for some people it feels like a foregone conclusion because they're looking at the results of this year that DJ Moore had a career year that Cole Komet had a career year but you still couldn't be you still couldn't have a passing offense that's better than 27th and that points to quarterback development and for a team that has a monumental decision to make at the quarterback position this offseason you can't have that you can't yeah. have just good enough or frankly it wasn't good enough is an offense that scored nine points the other day, and it was not scored by the offense. It was, you know, twice. I guess the defense that had just given up thirty to Carolina. To the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's that's why I, I you know, the new, if I was expecting any sort of news this week, realistically, by now, I thought we would have heard about the fate of Luke Getzey, and yeah. I thought that that would have meant that he was no longer with the Bears going forward. But it's complicated for anybody out there who says, oh, get Frank Reich in here, get him in here and you just know, get, get a quarterback, go get Eric Bieniemy. Well, like let's in, in those two names, let's just use that. You move on from uh, Justin Fields there and you say, okay, well, new quarterback, like, you know, offensive coordinator. And then you got Matt Eberflus. You're still draft. Matt Eberflus enters 2000. If he's back, 2024 is must win. Yep. Must win. You have to have an above anybody, 500 record and, and at least be, fighting for a playoff spot and anyone who comes in to be the offensive coordinator under this scenario are they going to want to hitch their wagon to a staff that might be fired in a year and then, yeah. and then they might be out of a job in a year like i don't i don't i just don't see that as a likely scenario the path the, path, the easiest path if you are keeping eberflus is to move on from luke getsy is to move on from justin fields and go draft a quarterback so then you could say okay we gave flus and this staff their chance to get their guy in here. But then you have to make some sort of assurance to Matt Eberflus that you're going to be here beyond 2024. Like yeah. now would come with a contract extension. I heard Yerko mention it the other day. He's right. And that's going to irritate a lot of people who don't want to see the staff run it back the way that they're going right now. But that's, that's the honest truth about it, that if you decide to go, like it, it feels like uh, one of those problems in geometry. I forget what like, they were called. Like they were called like prompts or something. Where it's like yeah. you go, if A then B, if A and B equals C, then you move on. But like you have like all these other steps here. Where it's like if if A plus C equals F, and then you have to go to H, and then you move back to another one. Like it's it's complicated because yeah. you have to get the order right. Bottom line, for once 
for once in like the last like decade, I'd like to see this franchise sync up the head coach with the offensive coordinator, with the quarterback and have everybody on the same timeline and stop putting people in late in, in impossible lame duck situations in which a lot of them have been in, in recent years. And that's unfortunate because you never can get a rebuild off the ground. If you have people who are soon to be on their way out as somebody soon to like is trying to be developed. Yeah. And I, and I think that's the part that, the, with with flus to me, we've said the word good enough or mm-hmm. just enough or playing not to lose too often this season. Mm-hmm. And that for me is why I would look elsewhere. But it does need to be somebody who comes in and has the final say on the quarterback. And I think that what that turns into is, guess what? Okay, uh, you come in, you say yes to Justin Fields. He's your quarterback for the next two years. We're not asking questions. We're picking up the fifth-year option today. Yep. You say no to Justin Fields, we're trading him. 24 hours, but probably longer than that. But like we're trading him away because the carousel that the Bears have been in for the past 30 years is find a quarterback, then bring in the coach, Coach gets fired. Quarterback makes it to the next coach. Mm -hmm. Then we get rid of the quarterback. We give him his quarterback. Coach gets fired. Then it goes to the next. Like it's it's perpetuating the same cycle, and they cannot have that above all else. Whether you think Matt Eberflus is the answer or not, you have to make sure that that cycle is not perpetuated another time. It screws you over if you end up messing it up in terms of you keep Matt Eberflus, you bring in a new quarterback. If Eberflus has a bad year next year and he's gone, then the quarterback is in the same spot that Justin Fields has been in. And that's, you know, people are right to call out. Like he came in, he may not be a great quarterback, but some of it wasn't his fault because he came in here having to play with a hand tied behind his back to begin with. And that sucks. It sucks for the whole situation because then we have to go through this again in a couple of years. I'll say this, the easiest way to do this would be if you let's just take all of the other factors aside. Yeah, if you're yeah. looking at this black and white on a piece of paper, easiest way to do this is clean sweep. It will not be a clean sweep because there's too many other factors involved here. In clean sweep, I would mean all staff's gone, well. quarterback's Blue's gone, quarterback, start over. Yeah. I, I, I do not see that happening. And as, I don't see it happening after what you just did, right? After trading and getting in uh, DJ Moore, trading the first overall pick, I guess you could bring a coach in and he's going to sign a new – well, I guess if you bring in a new head coach, though, are you bringing in a head coach that only is here for Justin? Because if you, then if to you bring me, in that a new would also coach, be a disservice. If you, no, I think if you bring in – are you saying in the circumstance that Justin's still here? But like Well, I'm saying – in in the clean sweep scenario, I would think ninety percent chance if you bring in a new head coach, it's up to him if he wants Justin or not. But most coaches are going to come in and say they would tell That's you not my quarterback. Yeah. They would tell you beforehand, like you yeah. would you would know you'd have an indication of I'm taking this job because I want to work with Justin Fields, or I'm taking this job because I don't want to work with Justin Fields. Right. So it's the easiest way to go to go about it, but it's just not the realistic way considering how this season ended yeah. the improvement that they showed, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. And who knows, maybe they're working up some creative, creative uh, scenario where the staff moves around and we haven't, um, you know, we haven't thought about that yet. I don't know. I doubt yeah. it, but like, it's just, there's so much to include here in the overall, conundrum that they face of the quarterback the head coach the offensive coordinator if the first domino that falls is the oc no one should be surprised but again like it's it's 
Tuesday afternoon. And if we yeah. don't have that, if we don't have that answer by Wednesday, then it's very likely that they're taking it back. And, you know, with the group that they have, and they're going to piss a lot of people off with that. I understand that, but you know, they've got to make sure these are, they're making these decisions independent of what the outside world thinks, which I know is easier said than done. So. I'm okay with them not making a snap decision though. Cause I mean, I listen, I, I know people that are Titans fans and I immediately hit them up about the variable situation. They're like, dog, I'm stunned. Yeah. And I like think you never gave are. this guy a quarterback and you wanted him to do everything with the running back. And now Vrabel also wanted to keep Derrick Henry around different things like that. But like, they were like, I'm stunned that we moved on from a guy that won in mm-hmm. the situations that he's been in. Yeah. And I don't want the Bears to make a decision like that. I don't want them to make the snap decision because it's an emotional decision. I want them to make the decision that's going to be right for this franchise for the next 10 years. And the situation is going to be right for what I believe is a locker room that actually looks to be a really good locker room for this city right now. I mean, you were in locker room clean out. It still seems like these guys are a very tight knit group. I heard DJ Moore still pretty much anytime somebody throws a mic in his face, he's like, let's keep Justin. What yeah. are we talking about? Before you guys even ask a question, what are you, what's your perception of kind of like how this year's locker room clean out was? Cause I know like last year's you talked about David Montgomery. It was kind of like the goodbye. And there was a lot of guys in there that it felt like that, you know, for, the the best indication we have of at least like the pulse of the locker room, what the players are feeling is what DJ Moore said. And I can, it's not just locker clean out, but it's him going back to, we, you know, what kind of offense are we going to be? Are we going to be an explosive offense? Or are we going to be an offense that runs the ball and tries to control the clock? Like that's yeah. a shot at playmaking or play calling. And yeah, 100%. Like, he has said, I love how he prefaced it too, by like play calling's fine, but also, also terrible. I, I I'm, you know, and that's a tough spot for players to be in. Yeah. I mean, but, but but at the end of the day, he's your best offensive player. What he says carries carries weight as it yeah. should. Um, but I I I looked at what DJ said and how he pointed to without telling us exactly what happened in that meeting with the exit exit interview. He said, you know, you guys will soon find out the direction that they're going to go. Um, and if you know, hopefully, it's the direction in which I said, like in his meeting. So. Why would you say that if it isn't like you going in there saying, I don't think the offensive coordinator is working to me, was that not him foreshadowing that like he felt that the offensive coordinator was going to be like, let go. That's how I took it. And I know that that may or may not happen players just because they say something doesn't mean that it's, you know, going to care. It's, it's doesn't mean it's going to happen, but you'd like to believe that if he's saying keep Justin and he's saying all the right things. DJ's a good teammate first and foremost. So of course, like he's a locker room leader is a reason he was a captain this year when he just got here. Like if he's going in there saying, nah, I'm good. Go get Caleb Williams. Let's see if I can get to like 1700 receiving yeah. yards or 2000 receiving yards, something nuts. Like, you know, that would be surprising. Cause that's just not him, but all the things he said about Justin and, and I just want to put this out there. I know that Justin's getting unanimous support. I know that everything's like, coming up Justin Fields for this locker room. If he's, not, if he's not here next year, ain't nobody not going to play. Like, stop yeah. with that bullshit. Like, nobody's going to be like, oh, like, we're going to revolt. We're not going to play. Like, you got to make hard decisions. Locker room, I would hate to be Ryan Poles in that circumstance and have to go in front of the team and be like, yeah, I traded Justin Fields. Here's why. Um, and you better hope that it works out, the quarterback that you were to bring in. But just stop with that cap of like, oh, like, it's going to ruin the team. Success is a real quick way to get back on track and winning ends up carrying a lot of things. 
just I wanted to get that out there because I'm really tired of ignorant people like trying to act like, oh, well, we can't move forward. The locker room said Justin Fields 10 out of 10 times. It's gotta, it, it puts the pressure on polls more. Of course. That, but like, that's that's all make it does. Decision yeah. Based on what everybody in the locker room feels, you have to go about this is a business at the end of the day. I don't yeah. envy him having to make this decision when there is no indication that he does not have unanimous support from the locker room, Justin Fields, but that's just part of it. I, I just think that like DJ Moore for a while has been saying the quiet part out loud with yeah. kind of some veiled, trying to keep it veiled, not trying not to like make it seem like he's throwing Luke Getzey under the bus, but the offense has not performed the way that it needs to. And everyone said that, that they had a great defense. They didn't take advantage of it. And that comes down to the situation that you're putting your players in. And Matt Eberflus even talked about that after Sunday's game, that it's, you know, you got to make sure that you're putting your players in the right position. If it's not working, then it's on play calling to make those adjustments. Yeah, we'll see what it ends up being. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be a fun, long offseason, no matter what. And we're going to be right here covering over on the Chicago Bears podcast. So stay tuned in with us. Appreciate Courtney for coming through. As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave a five star review. Y'all know what to do. I think that that's pretty much laid out all the information we got right now. There's not much out here, Courtney. It's quiet. So y'all stay safe out there, Chicago. Big Bird Don. Let's hope we get this thing right this time. Peace.